Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Glad to be back on this evening. Hope everybody's doing well. If you're listening to this, you're listening to my next installment of my College Football Breakdown series, uh, continuing to break down all 133 teams at the FBS level. And in this installment, I'm continuing with the Iowa Hawkeyes, who last year went 8-5, and 4-4 four and four in the Big Ten. Um, looking at Iowa last year, the most <clears throat> perplexing team potentially in the history of college football. To have the second-best uh, defense nationally in points per game and yardage per game, and then to have an offense that was the second worst in yardage per game and I believe points per game. And we're in the bottom 10 in every significant category offensively. Just a really, really bizarre difference between this team. An absolutely elite defense and an absolutely anemic offense. Uh, Hopefully that'll change this season. But uh, beginning the dive in to uh, the program breakdowns uh, for the Iowa Hawkeyes, they, they play at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, which you, if you've never been, I highly recommend. It's a fantastic environment. I was there a couple years ago for the Battle of Floyd and Rosedale, which Iowa won. But the the best thing about Iowa and about going to Kinnick Stadium uh, for me as a father is the, the, the Children's Hospital and the wave that they do um, at the end of the first quarter. Just unbelievable experience that <clears throat> I... I, I I just can't say enough about how just how great of a of a of a thing that it is in college football and 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 if you haven't been you should go and experience it. It's one of those things that just it gets you and uh, and then the fact that the stadium's great, the fans are amazing, um, just just a great place to watch a football game. Like I said, it, it should be on everyone's bucket list, and especially somebody who's a stadium traveler like me, um, just to. It was a gem, to say the least. Um, looking at a coach on the rise for the Iowa Hawkeyes, I'm going with uh, Liddell Betts, who's their running back coach. Um, he's a one a great football player in Iowa's history. Um, went to the NFL, played for some time, um, but has recently gotten into coaching and was a high school coach from 2013 to 2020 uh, before he was picked up at Iowa in 2021 till now. And uh, I think he's going to do not only amazing things at Iowa, but amazing things moving forward. I think he's got a fast track to doing some really special things at the University of Iowa. And just as a coach in general, I think he's got a really, really bright future. Um, He's got an opportunity to work with a really good young running back on this roster. Uh, Well, a couple good ones, but... I'll get into Caleb Johnson momentarily, but as a true freshman, he was really, really good, and and he could be he could be a star in this offense moving forward. And he's got a good one to learn from in Coach Betts. So <clears throat> now, uh, looking at their schedule, twenty twenty three schedule, they <clears throat> start off playing Utah State. They go to Iowa State, then they host Western Michigan, go to Penn State, and then Michigan State, Purdue, at Wisconsin. Minnesota, then versus Northwestern in Chicago. <clears throat> and then they got Rutgers, Illinois, and at Nebraska. Um, non-conference slated being Utah State at Iowa State and Western Michigan. Uh, Western Michigan could be potentially the worst team in FBS football. Um, they 
starting fresh in a lot of areas. <clears throat> so a lot to work with there. Utah State um, has a good has a good offense, a nice young quarterback. Of course, you, you don't have to say anything about the Iowa State rivalry. They'll be ready to go. They got to play Penn State in the whiteout. Um, <clears throat> but the good thing for them is they avoid uh, Michigan and Ohio State in the crossover matchups for the East. So that does set up pretty well for them. Yes, they got to go to Penn State. That's obviously extremely difficult. And Penn State might be better than Michigan and Ohio State, depending on how, how it all falls. But Penn State is definitely the toughest game on Iowa's schedule. They get it early on. Um, so so that's a that's a positive. And then they get a couple home games after that that are both winnable games against Michigan State and Purdue. So schedule sets up pretty well um, for Iowa to make some noise. Um, really, really interesting situation. I'm sure we've all heard about uh, <clears throat> the offensive coordinator, Coach France, um, and his contract situation for this year. Just a really peculiar situation. But um, I, I, I wonder, since he has a points-per-game number to reach that if in some of these games they really try to run up the score a little bit I, I I'm intrigued to see how that goes um just just from it just is it's just an interesting thing to see I mean just because it's not something that we normally hear about <clears throat> from a coach's contract perspective but now we'll uh dive into position by position breakdown but first got to start off offensively uh, to say the Hawkeyes' offense struggled last year would be an understatement. Um, Iowa averaged just 251.5 yards per game and 17.7 points per game, and were bottom 10 in every significant category in college football when it came to offensive standpoint. <clears throat> to say that the, like I said, to say that the offense struggled is an understatement. They've done a good amount to change this though, and it starts at the quarterback position, where they added Deacon Hall from Wisconsin, but more importantly, <clears throat> Cade McNamara from Michigan. Uh, McNamara led the Wolverines to the college football playoff in 2021 <clears throat> before he lost his job last season. Um, the change will be good for him, and his leadership will be needed for this offense. Uh, hopefully, hope the, the, the thing that I could see, though, is hopefully there's not too much pressure on him to really f turn this around. I hope, I hope it's not pressure's not squarely put on him to flip this around. That's that's the only concern I have. I mean, he is a really good quarterback. I think he's going to do really well in this offense because he can manage things very well. I, I I think calling him a game manager is a slight to him because he is a good quarterback. He was just competing with J.J. McCarthy, who is elite. Um, but Cade McNamara is a very good quarterback, and I think he's going to do some really good things at Iowa. <clears throat> the running back room returns uh, Caleb Johnson and LaShawn Lash Williams. Uh, this duo put up good numbers last season. Could have been better, of course, but 1,192 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, Johnson was a true freshman last season and is a potential star, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I, I could see some really, really good things coming from him. And, and we know I was known for producing some very good running backs, and he could be the next in line. Uh, the receiving core has uh, a good balance of returners and new additions. Uh, wide receivers Nico Rajani and uh, Deontay Vines return along with tight end uh, Luke Lecce. Uh, the additions of wide receivers Caleb Brown from Ohio State and Seth Anderson from FCS Charleston Southern along with tight end Eric All from Michigan are massive. 
<clears throat> we know that Iowa year in, year out has elite tight ends that they put into the NFL. And uh, Luke Latchy and Eric All are the next in line in that. <clears throat> uh, really, really good tight ends there. I could see a lot of two tight end sets. Uh, Caleb Brown, the addition from Ohio State, he didn't get a ton of time at Ohio State, but I think he's going to do really well in this offense um, just with the opportunity he's going to have. And Seth Anderson had a really good uh, career at the FCS level, so pretty good addition there. I think this position is going to be upgraded significantly by uh, the pieces that they've brought in. <clears throat> the offensive line returns a ton from last season. Uh, center Logan Jones, right guard Bo Stevens, left guard Nick DeJong, uh, then left guard Connor Colby, right tacker, tackle uh, Jennings Dunker, and then left tackle Mason Rickman all return. And then there's the additions of right guard Rusty Feth from Miami, Ohio, and right tackle Dijon Parker from D2 Saginaw Valley State that provide great depth. There's a lot of depth, as you can see, with this unit. They struggled last year to say the least. Um, but <clears throat> with a, with another year of experience and some more competition from some new guys being brought in, I think it's going to really bode well for this group, and I think they're going to do a lot better. And I think they just need to get some consistency. But I think the main thing that's really going to help this offense is just seeing positive things happen. When you have those positive things happen going in the right direction, you're just going to naturally play better. And, and I think having Cade McNamara at QB is really going to lead to that happening because he's just he's going to make the right read. He's going to make the right play. And it's just, just going to lead to executing better at an offensive level. And, and I just have to say a side note for uh, Dijon Parker coming in from Saginaw Valley State. He's coming from my personal rival in college. I went to Grand Valley State. Uh, but I, I am rooting for him. As a, for, as a former D2 guy myself, I always cheer for those guys. And I love seeing those guys get an opportunity at this level. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the defense, uh, the Iowa defense was one of the best in college football last season, only allowing 13.3 points per game, which is second nationally, and 270.8 yards per game, which is second nationally. And there's plenty returning to to continue that. Granted, they they lost some stars, um, a multiple, a couple first round draft picks, and and some other uh, other highly regarded guys defensively that went to the NFL too. So they definitely have to replace some very significant pieces. But I think what they've done and what they've built with this unit, it will just continue. <clears throat> the defensive line is led by defensive end Joe, e Joe Evans, who has turned uh, from a rush specialist. He, had, he has 18 and a half career sacks to an every down lineman. When he first came in, he was a rush end, and now he can play every, every down. Uh, the other defensive end spot will be manned by uh, Deontay Craig, who uh, also has plenty of experience, as do defensive tackles Logan Lee and Noah Shannon. Uh, some good, really good contribution expected from the defensive line. Uh, the linebacker core loses All-American Jack Campbell, who got drafted by my beloved Detroit Lions, so I'm really excited to see his future. Uh, but his, his leadership can't be understated, obviously. I mean, he was... He, he was an amazing leader, an amazing football player. And when you lose somebody of his stature, um, it, it, it's going to take a hit at, at some point. Um, Jay Higgins will take over as the vocal leader uh, with an expanded role. And then the addition of Nick Jackson from Virginia is big. He was an all-ACC player and has 354 tackles in four years at Virginia. So, I mean, this is a guy who's been there and done that, played in 
significant games in the ACC. And like I said, he was an all-conference member last year. Um, the secondary is absolutely loaded. Uh, just an unbelievable group here. Cornerbacks uh, Sebastian Castro and Cooper Dijon, who had three interception TDs last season, uh, return, as does Jamari Harris, who's returning from injury. And then uh, the safeties, Xavier Nguakwu, who was a uh, former five-star recruit, and then Quinn Schultz also return. Then Dijon could be Iowa's next All-American. Uh, like I said, he had three interceptions for touchdown last year. Um, he's, he's a fantastic football player with amazing instincts. Um, I see a really, really bright future for him. <clears throat> Special teams, Iowa may have the best punter and kicker combo in college football. Um, really huge advantage here. And I was known for having great kickers and great special teams in general because Coach Ferentz has done an amazing job making that a priority during his time as head coach. Uh, but punter uh, Tory Taylor is a, is a returning All-American from last year, while kicker Drew Stevens was absolutely outstanding as a freshman. So you got two guys here at the punting and kicking situation that Iowa Hawkeye fans and co the coaches and the like do not have to worry about, like I said, probably the best duo, kicker-punter duo in college football. Um, my final analysis now, this is my opinion. Uh, the 2022 Iowa Hawkeyes may have been the most polarizing team in college football history. Um, an absolutely elite defense and special teams paired with arguably the nation's worst offense. Uh, just to just bizarre, like seeing some of the games, winning a game seven to three, and then losing some of the games they lost like ten to three and whatnot. I mean, it, it, you always think if you hold if you hold the team to ten points, you should win the game, and they they struggled. I mean, it was it, it can't you can't say it enough. Um, but changes have been made, and it's full steam ahead in Iowa City. <clears throat> Realistically, this team has a real opportunity. <clears throat> excuse me to win. The Big Ten West, they really do. Uh, <clears throat> like I said, their toughest game in the Big Ten, they go to Penn State, and that's their first Big Ten game. After that, I'm not saying it's smooth sailing by any means because every game in the Big Ten is difficult, but it shapes up better for them to have some success here. They go to Wisconsin. they got to go to Nebraska. But other than that, those are, their, those are their Big Ten road games because the Northwestern game, which is supposed to be at Northwestern, is now being played in Wrigley at Wrigley Field, I believe it's in Chicago, so it's not even a quote unquote. It's a neutral site game, so it's it. So you only got those three road games, which is big. Now, granted, they're at three of the toughest venues in the Big Ten, but still, Iowa has a very legit shot to represent the West. And I think with the new pieces that they've added on offense. I, I'm a big fan of Cade McNamara. I think he's he's a very steady player, and you know what you're going to get from him game in, game out. He's going to come in, he's going to do his job, do it correctly, and he's going to be a great leader. And they have two great tight ends that I think they're going to do amazing. I think the receiving core is going to be much better than last year. The running backs are, are going to be improved, and I think the most important thing, the offensive line is going to be improved. That's where Iowa really needs to pick it up. Quarterback play, of course, but then the offensive line as well, which it feels weird saying that about Iowa, but it, what it was the truth last season, and I know Hawkeye fans would agree with that. But I, I, I'm a firm believer that Iowa can represent the Big Ten West this year in the Big Ten Championship, and uh, that, 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 that's my opinion. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this breakdown. Love doing these. It's one of the favorite things that I do. 
Um, please like, subscribe, wherever you listen to the podcast. And then give the podcast Twitter account a follow at TNT College Foot One. Everybody have a good night. God bless.